Welcome to the Limitless Being Podcast. I am Danielle Sharkey, your host, here to be a guide on this journey of life. This is a space cultivated with the intentions of connection, vulnerability, spirituality, limitless knowledge, explorative conversations, and unlimited potential. I am here to spread love while activating freedom within the collective consciousness. I'm a digital nomad, an entrepreneur, and a magnetic spiritual being here to help you activate your power so that you can cultivate the life of your dreams. This container I have created is a safe space for us all to have conversations which lead us toward liberation, acceptance, and radical love of your self. If you have found this podcast, it is by no accident. You have been guided here because there's a part of you who's ready to stop making excuses and live the life you've imagined. So join me and my guests here every Thursday. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Limitless Being podcast. Today on this episode, I have Andrea Bastidas. We met through me searching for different spaces to hold a retreat in Colombia, which is where she's from, her native, her country that she's from. She is a yoga teacher, a Reiki master, a musician. She works with healing instruments like the gong and sound bowls and also is a DJ. I mean, she has such an incredible passion for healing that has you know, evolved ever since she was a child because she grew up in Colombia. And I'm just so excited to have her here on the podcast. And not to mention, I will be holding a retreat in her space, Maku, which we will talk about in August. So Andrea, thank you so much for being here with me and welcome. Thank you, Danielle. I'm so happy to be here with you and mm-hmm. glad that I meet you through this camera and technology and hopefully I get to hug you and meet you in Colombia. Yes, definitely. Of course. Yeah. Happy to have you. Um, It's so interesting. I want to talk a little bit how this all transpired. Um, I had never been to Colombia until a few months ago and the, I'm getting a little bit emotional, the, the medicine that this land and the country and these, the people here, have to offer is number one, I don't think a lot of people that haven't been here would even realize that there is this this magic to tap into. And number two, it has expanded me so much in the most beautiful ways. And I was looking for retreat centers to hold my retreat and we found yours the architecture, the space, the jungle that it's surrounded by, not to mention we saw a couple people that my assistant knew on your Instagram. And so we felt like that was such a sign. And then reaching out to you, hearing your story, you're, you're such an inspiration. And so we've just been connecting in that way ever since. So... Yeah, it is incredible, the synchronicities of life, right? right? That uh, you being in Colombia, the person, your assistant that is with you knows the person that came to my place for a ayahuasca retreat. 
uh, I believe two years ago, if not last year, because we have two already. And I found that fascinating. But the more you engage into this path of magic or healing or resonate with the same energy, the more you encounter these beautiful connections. And I, I think it's, it is magic. You know, I do believe in the power of magic um, and the power of um, finding people that resonates with you and have done a lot of work to heal or to understand and navigate this life better. So we, we start creating this big way of energy and people know each other, but they don't know each other because they never met, but it's so beautiful. It has happened to me and my crew in many different, uh, with many different people. Um, it is beautiful to witness that type of uh, synergy or yeah. connection. And yeah, so I'm super excited to be here with you and also to hear your story and, and feel that connection that you're having with my beautiful country. Um, I'm a very proud Colombian person. I grew up uh, in Colombia. I was born and raised in Colombia. I spent some part of my childhood in Putumayo. I don't know if you got to hear about Putumayo, but that's closer to the Amazon of Colombia. So you can only imagine how much nature and healing power this land provides to everyone there. So it was a beautiful time of my childhood. And of course, I grew up in the crazy times where we have to really experience a civil war to a very big stance of growing up with gunshots, screams, and moving from places to places. We end up being in Bogota for the rest of my childhood until uh, we found out Villavicencio. That, mm -hmm. That's where my crew is located, in Villavicencio, Colombia, mm -hmm. the south of Colombia. Beautiful. And my story starts right there in, uh, you know, as a child thinking, wow, the power of nature, uh, having a dad that, and a mom that always healed us with the plants and, and energy and love and medicine. Nature was always such a healer and such a break from the big mess that was happening in our country at the moment. And um, so my, my, my sister's mom moved to Pijavicencio and uh, I had a really beautiful experience that I always bring it up in any situation that I can because um, I believe that we all need to follow that inner child, that those dreams that live within us when we're kids, right? And I remember being on top of the car, like a, a, it was a Nissan and a very old car. And I went to the roof of the car and I opened my arms and I closed my eyes and I breathed deep in. I was like, but I'm a child, right? And I felt this goosebumps everywhere in my body. I was like, oh, what is this feeling? What is this? You know, you're a kid and it's like you feel goosebumps for the first time. Yeah. And um, I felt really alive. I'm very connected to the smell of the earth in Colombia or in this part of Colombia. And ever since that moment, I we went for vacation, school vacation to my aunt's uh, house. And yeah, that's how my story started with Maku, you know, I, 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 I followed the dream to always go back to the land that was my first love. Mm -hmm. And 
was my first love, my first dream of feeling alive, of feeling happy, of feeling uh, curious. I was always curious. What's the smell? Why is it? Why it makes me feel this mm-hmm. way? So I kept telling my parents, when I'm old, I'm going to move to Villavicencio. And they're like, you're crazy. Like, why Villavicencio? <laughs> like, my first love. And I, mm-hmm. you know, and bought a piece of land and slowly everything unfolds. I believe when you have a purpose in life and when you are doing healing on yourself and, and you try to expand the healing to others, the path opens. And that's what happened to me. I I was very lucky to find the right piece of property and, and to have the vision and the people, the, the team that helped me to build my coup. You mentioned the architecture and uh, mm-hmm. it was a very special moment where I got to work with a very beautiful and amazing architecture uh, woman. Her name is Angelica Soler. And she actually happens to be a meditation uh, practitioner. She she does what she does for a living. Besides architecture, she also teaches meditation, and wow. she's a yogi vegetarian. So I couldn't believe how the coincidence of the synchronicities again that happened to my life. I didn't know this woman, and I just put a Facebook. Uh, um, uh, like a post, uh, like a, a status. I'm looking for an architect that understands minimalistic architecture. Mm-hmm. And a friend that I from college tells me, oh, I have the one for you and send me her information. And I just went to meet her. And that's how mm-hmm. we worked together to build my coup. So it was amazing. just yeah, I I definitely want to touch on that as well because you've, you've brought up synchronicity quite a bit and that's how I found you was through synchronicity. I found this, um, honestly, it was a pretty big brochure with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of locations in Colombia. And I saw Maku, something about the name and then obviously the, the space. And it's not just the architecture and the I'm, I'm very much into architecture as well and minimalistic architecture it wasn't just about the architecture and the contrast between the white and the green but there was an energy where I felt like I was being pulled to reach out it just felt like yeah. immediately there's something about this space I know it I have I've had chills almost this whole conversation by the way which is another synchronicity where you can know you're really in alignment you're really where you're supposed to be and um, and then, of course, seeing that that person that we each knew was really beautiful. And I want to talk about that, how synchronicities are confirmation, affirmation of where you're at. And almost it sounds like your story, whether you were aware of it when you were younger or not, you've been guided by a higher power. When you were standing on that car and feeling not just the, the power of the healing energy of nature, but the power of, I feel like Colombia specifically, the land um, here, because there's so many ancestral shamanic roots here. Um, But it felt like in that moment, God, whatever you want to call it, was sending you a message, a synchronicity to show you this is your way. And you knew at such a young age, which is so beautiful. And to have your parents tapped into energy and natural healing remedies. That's where we have a difference is I wish I had that, you know, and and that's why I want to merge or bring this information to people 
in the States because we are so disconnected from nature. We are so disconnected from the body's natural healing abilities, nature's natural healing abilities, the healing powers of energy that have existed for thousands of years, right? And so to hear your story, to share more about that with our listeners, when would you say you really started tapping into those healing modalities or remedies yourself? Well, I really believe I started at young age uh, with my parents. No, no. Right? I remember my mom, every time we were sick, oh, drink this agua con apio, any herbs and anything that, but no pills. So mm-hmm. I feel like it started at a very young age. I just didn't know. And also the way we ate. My mom was very into uh, healthy salads, um, no sodas, no candy. It was very, almost so strict. But I, I, I can see now, looking to my body and health, all the benefits of having a mom that was healing us through uh, plant medicines and also a good diet. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, there were times where uh, because um, we got very sick, we got antibiotics because that's what the doctors told back then to do for every kid. And But I feel like that was only a, a short period of time because my mom always guide us into be closer to nature and to healing with nature mm-hmm. and say my dad you know my dad grew up um in a place i mean he was between putumayo and nariño and he uh, he understood the power of plants and he understands the power of energy more than any other person that i know it's a, a man that is so connected to the elements, and he's not afraid of nature. I, I learned that from my dad because most of people, uh, when I got my land in Villavicencio, they're like, oh my God, what are you doing here alone? Like, it's so dangerous, it's so scary. Oh, the spirits. Oh, because Villavicencio is known for um, the mystic of the land. It calls mm. it Embrujo, the, the, the enchanting land, right? So it's a lot of magic when it comes to Villavicencio or to these areas of Colombia. And back in the days, you know, when we were in a civil war, Villavicencio and all the areas around it were very heavily involved with with the guerrilla, guerrillas, with, yeah. the, mm-hmm. with the, you know, the people that were doing all these uh, crazy things to uh, our country at the time. And it's crazy because the power of Colombia, I believe Colombia is a vortex of energy. Mm-hmm. And that's why every emotions really come out to the surface. So if someone is really bad, it comes really bad. But when someone comes there for healing and really do the work, everything is, you feel it in your body. You feel it in your energy. There is a sense of um, real energy that happens, I believe, in all countries, but in certain countries more than others. Like it happened to me in South Africa, in, wow. in Africa. I love how Africa makes me feel in my core, in my spirituality, in my connection to the universe more than Mother Earth. But if I go to South America, if I go to Colombia or Peru, I feel the connection to Mother Earth to a point that heals me, you know, mm-hmm. when I'm in Macu or with no shoes and with no worries about anything but just being connected to, to nature. So I believe, answering your question, it started at a very young age with my parents. And then 
as I grew up and I tried to find who I am and I find practices like yoga, I find practices like meditation, I find practices like playing the gong or playing music or learning the piano or painting. I work in art in New York. So I feel that my path started to span the span and giving me all this connection to the universe or to God and to tap really deep into my power and to my healing because I also had a lot of healing to do like most of us. There are probably events that happened to us that broke us a little bit or create some kind of uh, fracture inside your soul. So I've been working into heal, healing myself. And mm-hmm. uh, I feel that it started when I was a kid and it's, it, it's, it never stops, you know? Like never. the humans, this is... Um, I don't know if it's a challenge or our biggest homework is to keep working on healing. And that's what I keep studying. I keep studying practices or I keep staying curious about things that expand my mind and soul into what if. What if I do this in my, my future? What if I follow my heart into believing this practice, help people that I love? So I've been doing that and I think it's a never ending um, uh, feeling you know mm-hmm. some people give up too quick in in their healing work or get caught up to uh the broken dreams or the broken heart and they just stay there and they mm-hmm. they stop their evolution as a human beings finding their purpose so mm-hmm. that's that's a good gemini 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 i always so curious i still mm-hmm. like doing all kind of things because i believe it's important to stay curious and keep pursuing uh, healing practices in our life. Yeah, that's the path of evolution. I did. What did you say? Sorry. I answered the question. Yes, yes, you did. Um, Yeah, that's the path of of evolution. That's the path of healing. And just hearing more about your story, it sounds like it's, it's so beautiful to know that you started at such a young age, right? And it, it affirms my belief that First, it starts with the body. I do believe that we can be born with a certain level of consciousness that maybe is different than others, but I do believe through the purification of the body, through nutrition, through movement, yoga, yoga and nutrition were the first things that like skyrocketed one of many awakenings that I've had, but they were the first tools and that came later in life for me. So hearing you know, at a young age, it's like your vessel was pure. And so you were open to that deeper connection. You were open to those messages and that guidance from source already. And so it's, it's put you in this place where you have this space, you have this retreat center that you've had for years now, and you've been, you've, you know, hosted at least 20 retreats now, and it's only continuing to evolve. And I want people to know that of course, all of this is magic. All of this is beautiful. But from what you said, it doesn't come without the deep inner work. It doesn't come without self-acknowledgement. It doesn't come without dark nights. It doesn't come without pain. But to summarize what you said, don't get stuck in that. Know that we are just merely a reflection of you. You are a reflection of me, vice versa. And we're showing you what is possible that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and that all of the pain and the trauma that you've experienced has a purpose for you. And 
I want to talk a little bit about Colombia in general. I want to help debunk this absolutely wrong idea that people in the States have about not just Colombia, but like certain Latin American countries. Um, You know, people are like, stay safe. You're going to be, you know, you're going to get hurt. You're going to get robbed. You're going to get killed. All of these things. Like there's gangsters everywhere. And it, it couldn't be further from the truth now. And I've done tours and I've heard from you, of course, the war that you experienced. Yes, there is that written in the history. But I think the thing that, um, excuse me, the thing that really just like expands my heart um, from being in this country is that you guys have put in so much work and so much effort as a community throughout the whole country to not be attached to that narrative that the guerrillas and, you know, Pablo Escobar and all of these things that are in the history, they're not the country. They're not the people. And um, I would like to talk about that, what you would like to share with people who are curious more about your country and having difficulties breaking through the things that they've heard, you know? So... Thanks for um, sharing, and actually, I, I feel you, and it it is pretty amazing that um, to hear these beautiful words for, from someone now from Colombia, because if you speak to a Colombian, we're super proud of our country. We know what we have been through and how we are evolving into become more conscious and better humans, especially with the new generation. You can find it a lot. The new generations are open-minded, ready to show what we really are. You know, I believe every country, like, I'm sorry, I keep this window popping up. Mm-hmm. Um, every country has a story to tell. And every country has gone through very deep trauma. Exactly. I believe I don't the first country that hasn't and maybe very far in Japan I was reading about this little town in Japan where people are living happy and all that stuff but Colombia so like I just told you I believe it's a vortex of energy a lot of energy in Colombia and a lot of healing energy and a lot of people in the past didn't know better and I think when you are not content with the life living or you feel that you are in disadvantage from society there are some minds that maybe try to think of a revolutionary idea to make things uh like to make your point to the government at the time but things went wrong and that's why we have uh one of the longest civil war in south america more than 50 years of civil war and then it was the narc the drugs, then the gorillas, and then the M19, which was another group. Mm-hmm. So it was crazy. But we're talking about 20 years ago. I always say the great thing that they did for the country was to keep nature so clean. Like yes. nature is so vibrant and so full of life with uh, so many natural resources, water, trees, everything, you know, because they, they they took over the, you know, the mountains, they took over the rivers. That's what I was talking to you about the Rainbow River. You mm-hmm. know, the Rainbow River 
discovered a few, only a few years ago. And uh, the reason why nobody could get in, it was because it was basically the house of the Monohohoi, the gorilla. If you go in, you don't come out. But wow. now it's open and, and it has cer like certain magic to it. It's five colors to this river, full of jungle, nature, all kind of birds that you can imagine. And it's completely safe and it's completely preserved. So yeah, you know, people were so scared to come to Colombia for so many years. At the same time, it preserved the nature and the magic that the land has to offer. Mm -hmm. We as humans, we tend to destroy beauty, the beauty of Mother Earth. So you can find a beautiful place and all of a sudden it's full of tourists and full of garbage and full of unconsciousness. What happened to me when I just came back from um, Tulum, I was playing music in Tulum and my boyfriend tells me, oh, Tulum, 15 years ago, it was completely different, so clean. The cenotes were amazing source of connection to nature and now it's like, cement everywhere chairs oh, no. and it's such a sad thing to see you know I've never um, been. i didn't know that it's it's gotten that yeah way. it's commercial so of course big hotels big brands building and when that happens more people come in and no everyone is conscious no everyone puts the garbage in the garbage can no right. everyone cares of the ocean so uh to me, of course, I never, I never say that a country deserved to go through what we went through as Colombians. But the good side of it is the amazing natural sources that you can go and experience yourself and feel the power of that nature, feel the power of all the Colombians that are welcoming you and and bringing you a smile and bringing you. You want chocolate, you want candy, you want to, because that's we're Colombia. We like to give yeah. and we like to make everyone to feel at home, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And you, you from your own experience, right? Yeah. And so every retreat that I have from uh, our ayahuasca retreats, our international retreats. So we have people from Los Angeles, from New York, from Miami, from Turkey, from Israel, from Africa, name it. We have a bunch of all countries coming and they all feel feeling like, wow, what an experience. I was just in Colombia in a place that used to be a red zone and everyone was amazing. We couldn't take walks at two o'clock in the morning, take a look at the stars and come back to Maku and sleep like babies and nothing happened. So it is a perception of getting stuck in the past and not allowing a country to shine through their through colors. Like Colombia is incredible. And I can see that more and more people like you, and I have friends that are actually living in Medellin for the last two months because they enjoy it. It's amazing food, organic food. You don't have to pay tons of money to get amazing food in your body. To be healthy. You don't <laughs> Yeah, like your skin looks better, your hair grows, your nails grow, the sun is always out, uh, mm -hmm. people are happy, so welcoming. So every time I go to Colombia, I come back here feeling way younger. Mm -hmm. I, I'm in New York, like drained and tired. Organic food is so expensive here in New York. You know, if you want to eat healthy, it's a lot of money and not to only say that but to sleep in a small apartment can cost you three four thousand dollars so where is the quality of life or what are you doing for yourself that makes sense 
to live in this bubble of consuming and working for the money when you can have nature and spend time in nature, getting to know other people and getting to spend consciousness, you know, exactly what you're doing there. Like mm. even showing other people that you're there doing your healing process helps that helps them to understand and to be curious about you and your country and, and talk to you and for you to be curious about Colombians and what we're doing. So mm. I'm sure that you're having the best time and that's where you are having Staying your- forever. <laughs> do it yeah, yeah. It's really beautiful i really love colombia not because i'm colombian but i've been around in different countries in my life i've been fortunate to travel to over 40 countries and i i feel colombia wow it has a pool mm-hmm. and i'm like it's incredible and yeah. healing very yeah. so no it, it has magic to it it's, definitely it's not just it's sodic so yeah. I'm I'm extending my stay in Medellin, and then I'm going to be in Palomino for a month. Then we're popping somewhere for July. My birthday is the end of July, and then we're coming back for the retreat in August. So it's there's so much there's so many things that you said, and every time it's like there's so much alignment. I I could not resonate more with the way you articulate the perspective that you have, and it's so true. We get stuck in these stories of what we yeah. heard before we even experience it ourselves, right? And um, it's interesting now because I see my country, I see the United States becoming more and more unsafe, becoming more and more violent, becoming more and more disconnected and divisive and separated. And what's that what that is causing is actually other countries to recommend not going to the United States. So it's really interesting. We're actually one of the most, I wouldn't say we're the most violent, but we're, we're having such an increase with gun issues and shootings. And the people that I know are terrified of traveling here where it's been safer the past two years than it's been in 60, 80 years. Oh, for that? Yeah. Even more, like, years has been super safe. Yeah. You don't hear about... I mean, I mean, you you hear about street crime, but it's the same here everywhere. In yeah, everywhere. So uh, it's not. I I I feel like to go back to this and get a little bit deeper. I feel mm-hmm. like we get stuck in the stories that produces fear or create fear, and it's not even the country that stop us to go. It's uh, the fear, right? Mm-hmm. The story heads through fear and I'm like thinking if anything meant to happen to you or me it could happen anywhere it could happen to me here and you're in Colombia and you're completely fine right so I feel that is also the energy that you carry on with if you go to Colombia thinking oh my god I'm in a dangerous country it used to be like this and and thinking about narcos and you know Netflix (laughs) you may have some kind of your trip you know but if you go with like open heart and full of curiosity and full of uh assurance that you are at the right place because it feels right for you i think it will be beautiful i mean every participant of my the retreats that we had in colombia that are from another country they leave and they come back i have a friend my marianne 
she, she this is uh, last year was her second time, and she's coming this year again. She's a singer. She travels around the world, and she's like, there is no other place that makes me feel like home like Colombia, mm-hmm. and she loves it. So mm-hmm. nothing happened to her, and I feel like you know you're carrying on your energy, and that's why you're attracting also good Colombians, and there's also mm-hmm. bad Colombians. But like good New Yorkers, bad New Yorkers, good Argentinians, but Argentinians the same. So yeah, I think that is important to let people know that uh, it's also who you have around you. You Absolutely. know, go to Las Comunas Tres in Medellin, maybe even though now I believe in Medellin. I went is there. Big, yeah, and it probably is super cool, right? It was fine. Full of, yeah, it was amazing. Amazing. And that's the other thing is the vibrancy. I really want to talk about that because I want to share the medicine of what people can experience from getting out of their comfort zone, from getting out of the United States, the vibrancy here, the colors everywhere. Like you said, the willingness for people to, Colombians really want to give and support you every step of the way in this journey. And I've been out here for three months now. There has not been a moment where I needed help that I didn't turn around and somebody was giving it to me without me even asking. Every step of the way, it's like there was a guy, somebody lovingly wanting to support me, take care of me, offer assistance, offer guidance, go here, go there. And I want to talk about this briefly because I only started this lifestyle about 12 months ago, being a digital nomad. And that was actually something that was really difficult for me to deprogram from being in the States because we walk down the street. We don't even look people in the eye, you know, for the most part, there's of course people like myself, there's of course loving people in the United States. I want to, I want to, you know, talk about a large percentage of my experience. We're not really, I, I, I never spoke to my neighbors growing up. I never spoke to my neighbors growing up. We didn't come over and be like, welcome to the neighborhood. You know, if you ever need salt or toilet paper, we've got you. And so when I was in Costa Rica last year, I was traveling by myself then. And that was really difficult for me when people were actually just trying to talk to me to talk to me. And they were just trying to offer things to me to be like, let me help you. And I was like, I, my thought from being in the States for so long was, oh, they're trying to, you know, take something from me. They want something from me, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the reality of the situation is they're just being kind, open-hearted humans. And so it takes some deprogramming for you to realize, oh, like love thy neighbor, be in community, be a unified front. That is something that we have to reconnect with in Western culture in the United States. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, yeah, of course. And you clearly, I mean, you see how family is very important for Colombians, like mom and dad and having your tribe. You know, having your tribe is a really important part of South American beliefs. Like we, we, we need to be present for each other and helping each other. And, and we as Colombians, we're so open to other people coming to our country and, and, and accepting who we are and not always mentioning Pablo Escobar or, or exactly. guns. Because we're so tired of it. It's like a broken breaker already. Like, let it go. It's not like that, you know? Uh, I always invite people to our retreats uh, knowing that they're coming to do plant medicine, which is not 
that easy either, you know, it puts you into, again, a little fear mode. Who am I going to do plant medicine with? I'm going to be in the jungle in Colombia. Oh my God, what's going to happen? But it's a preparation for everything. We don't take this lightly. We make sure that we do the entire, uh, um, like we unify as a group, you know, even with the worker, Amaku, the people that are helping us, we all become one and we trust in each other's um, authenticity and good heart, you know, mm. we don't, because when you become individual and you just close off, it, it's just not a way of expanding your heart, opening your energy and attract, uh, um, magnetizing community that uh, resonates with you and can get you to where you want to be, mm. right? So uh, Colombians, I feel the new generations are amazing, really fantastic people opening to share more and very talented, amazing painters, artists. I mean, you, you're a Medellin, so you probably know a lot about Botero. He's from the oldest generation, but there's so many people now doing incredible art and, and expressing themselves through graffitis and music and peaceful warriors, you know? And I think uh, it is beautiful to see that in my country. And part of building Maku, when everyone was telling me, you're crazy. Estás loca. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Tú es loca. <laughs> I, I say to my parents and I said to so many people, I, I said, I, I believe that I can be the pioneer of believing in my country. If if you don't believe in what you're doing, how do you expect everyone else to believe it? You know, mm -hmm. like I believe in Colombia. I believe in the power of this land. I believe that people would travel from... Africa to come here and they will have a great experience. I believe it. I, I know. And I was like, they're like, you're crazy. Because when I actually got the piece of land, the interest of the land, it was like a, a little house with a with a broom stick that opened like this to get oh the cars in it. Like years ago. But I, was, I wouldn't matter. That's actually an experience. People would look at this, but now it's all changed, evolving because who are coming to this area in Colombia understand the power of its nature. And it, of course, so then more money, more evolution, fixing roads, like a beautiful home with like, like a, it, it's, it's the only village that actually have like, um, like a doorman, you know, like a, someone that opens the bar, mm -hmm. but now it's sophisticated and way nicer than when I got the land. Mm -hmm. But I believe, you have to believe in change you have to believe in the people that are good people you have to believe that you can show through your example what is possible I uh, me as a Colombian as a girl or as a woman uh, you know you're supposed to be a mom you're supposed to finish your career you're supposed to be a wife and that's it right and mm. I was like no Oh, that's that's got to change at least for me and for my family who is around me to understand that as a woman we also have the power to be leaders to create to not only create as giving birth to a child which is beautiful but also to create with brainchild projects that expand our hearts and leave other people other girls thinking oh my God, she did it. She went to New York. She built this herself. She worked hard. She was disciplined. I can do the same. And I don't need a man to do this. And and I don't need to be broken hard over someone that doesn't appreciate who I am, and my 
might grow and my my whole experience as a human being. So I was like, I'm gonna make a change in those sense, and I, I I'm being successful at it because we do a lot of um, uh, groups for women where they come and they ask me, how do you do it? And I say, I don't know, but I had a willpower and discipline. I have to work a lot of hours in New York and I have to save money and I have to stop buying things and I have to put priorities in my list. What is the priority? What is not? And go with my priorities and stay focused on it, you know? I'm practicing uh, the power of manifestation, how you manifest your life in the future. And I, I remember when I was building Maku, I closed my eyes every morning for like two years and I imagined people coming in mm-hmm. and I imagined them smiling. <clears throat> and it was an exercise that I believe it really helped me to manifest my own reality with the place. And Maku is not all the time busy or full of people, but when we have people, it's quality of people that are ready to come and do the work, spiritual mm-hmm. work, do yoga, meditation, do plant medicine, and walk away feeling in a in a in a higher self, in a better way. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So special. Colombia, everyone has to come. Yes, you have to. <laughs> Sorry, you don't have a choice. Uh, <laughs> We're just going to get the flights, ship them on out here. You know, you have to experience it. It is, it's like, uh, you know, it's not that expensive. You think about going to another country. Mm -hmm. It's not expensive to fly to Colombia. It's so close from New York, five hours. Two hours hours from from Miami. It was a two hour flight to Cartagena from Miami. It was like the easiest travel in the world. It was amazing. Um, What I really want to talk about is and highlight is the manifestation of Maku. Um, And of course, there's the story of when you were a child and you just knew this space was so special. You had an idea that you were going to do something with it. But when did the retreat center, the wellness center idea start to come into your mind? So, yeah, so good question. Because when I first got the land, I thought that was, going to be the place where I will uh, just um, build a house to oh. retire. Yeah, and how I was long like, ago was that? About three and a half, almost four years ago. Wow. And uh, maybe a little close to five years. Yeah. But uh, when I got the land, I just liked the moriche. The moriche is the wax pantry, the tall palms that you mm-hmm. see on the back see the pool and those mariche I was like wow this is so beautiful and the, it was tons of monkeys and toucans and all kind of oh, birds the perfect place to just retire when you just don't want to do anything with life but just chill mm-hmm. and at the time it was more jungle it was not so much of a village there were there was no nobody around so it felt more in the jungle right and uh so I was thinking oh, how can I Okay, so it's it, it will take me a few years until I get to retirement, like 60 or 70. I have a long way to go until then, so what am I going to do? And we started to think and speak aloud, wow, yoga changed my life. What if I use yoga as the main element to build my cool so I can have retreats and people come in and exploring Colombia? And my life is in New York. I've been living in New York for more than 10 years. So I was like, I have all this 
network of people that I know because I've been practicing yoga for more than 10 years. I've been doing sound healing meditations and I've been meeting all these people. So I was like, it would be the perfect place to get to show my country doing something with a meaning, not just tourism. Just come and, and get drunk and party and trash the place, but more come and do work and explore. And that's when everything started to evolve and I met the architect and everything started to make completely sense. It was just like, I don't know, everything happened. It fell into place, didn't it? It just fell into place because it was, it was meant to be. I believe so. Yeah, I, I honestly believe that when things are meant to be and you you are aligned with that thought, it just falls into place like magic. It's just mm-hmm. like, wow, here it is. Or how you, you start thinking and making decisions, right? You, you start being more conscious about how you, because if you want to preach, and I always talk to my boyfriend about this, you know, it's easy to to talk, to preach, but we need to practice as well. You know, we, and so Maku is teaching me to do that because I'm a human. I'm still do things that are not like make mistakes or fall into ego patterns or selfish, whatever you name it. Yeah. But when oh, I feel like, oh, wait, I have to ground myself. I have a place that is teaching me that it's own energy is just like teaching me, Hey, Mm-hmm. Andrea, stop, <laughs> you know, take a look at yourself and see what you're doing. You've got to practice what you preach. And so it becomes a lot of things, you know, when you build. And the place is not a huge place. I always say it's a small place with a lot of energy that will move you. But I feel that that's how it happens. It just, it was meant to be. And uh, it just met the right architect incredible woman I just told you Angelica Soler and met the right people and had a job that helped mm-hmm. me to cover things and things work out you know That's so beautiful what does Maku mean the so name. Maku yeah Maku stands from the Nukak Maku the Nukak Maku is the last nomadic tribe that live in that area in Colombia in Meta um uh, there were tons of Nukakmakus, and actually the, it was an English guy or American science that went to study them because they, they're very primitive, right? And I always thought that Maku, oh, finding a, a name for my place, I wanted to have a resonance to something meaningful, right? Mm-hmm. I mean... Beautiful. I, I told Camino del Sol, part to the sun, but I was like, no, it's so, like, I want something that can I can speak about. And I was like, I started investigating tribes and, and, and most of the tribes in Colombia, the indigenous groups, and the Nukak Makups came out to me. And I told my dad and my brother, we got to go and find the last nomadic Nukak Makups. And my, 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 my brother and my dad was like, you crazy like why you want to go to the guaviare like in so far away from Villavicencio to see the last um resguardo like the last place where they they're, they're staying together like the the last 150 was at the time and I was like it is important I cannot call my place something that I haven't seen I have to see it I have to experience it with my with my life 
they're like, ah, we're just going to go because we think that's too dangerous for you to go alone. But they were so annoying by it. And finally, we go to Guaviare and we go to this little village where I knew that they were, um, like, now they're not that nomadic because there is not as much food in the jungle. So they, they were, like, holding in this village and living in this village. So it took us about seven hours to get to this village, like open roads, uh, rivers. It was crazy. We got to the village and nobody was around. I was like, oh, no, they probably moved. They're nomadic. So they probably went to another place. And all of a sudden, I'm walking with my brother with all like we got candies and bread and beans and all the kind of things that I want to give them if I (coughs) got to see them. All of a sudden, we see all these kids naked, running through us with monkeys in their heads and <coughs> their shoulders. <coughs> I'm sorry. And they were the kids from the Nukakmaku tribe, and it was incredible. I have videos I will share with you of that encounter, and I knew then that Maku had to be the name for my place. So I can speak about this nomadic tribe. I can get people people curious about them and why they're disappearing and what's happening to them, you know. Ever mm-hmm. since the war, they have to leave their lands or moving through the jungle because of coca cultivation. So yeah. when, when coca cultivation took power, all the trees, the banana trees, the papaya trees, the pineapple trees started to disappear. There, it was no land to cultivate them. So... Uh, many of the Nukakmaku girls became prostitutes. Many of them started to speak Spanish and forgot their indigenous dialect or language. And when that started to happen is when the indigenous group disappeared. So mm-hmm. I was like, I, I wish I can create some kind of consciousness because if I could do more, probably I would be there more. But it, it is so complex, you know, they're indigenous, they're moving around. I am not from their indigenous group. So, but I was like, I want to talk about them. I want to create a vibration yeah. and resonance about their name and who they are as an indigenous group. And every time, you know, uh, people come from outside the United States, I can take them to the Nukakmaku village, but I take them to the Witoto village. And the Witotos are this um, indigenous group that live 45 minutes from Maku. And they uh, escaped the war about 20 years ago from the Amazon, Putumayo, and moved to Villavicencio, Meta. Mm-hmm. And they kept, they kept themselves as a group, as a unity, as a community where they speak their dialect, where they use all their gifts that were given to them as an indigenous group, and they teach tourism. Oh, they wow. come, dance, they, they give you mambe, they speak. They speak about the gods that they believe. They give you, uh, they show you what is the coca plant, a good plant, what's a Mm -hmm. medicine plant, what happened, why it became a bad plant when it's actually a beautiful healing plant. And they, they, I I take every tourist to this place because I think it's the closest I can go to uh, make um, people understand um, indigenous people from a very different point of view of just being these people that are not educated or I don't know how to put it in words, but not um, 
at the standards of others when they have actually the most beautiful knowledge about yeah. medicine plants and the way they live. They live so long and they look amazing mm -hmm. and they are full of life. So I take everyone to see the Witotos because I can take them to see the Nukak Makus oh, bar. Uh, yeah, that's why Maku came to be the one of the most important parts of this um, uh, project is the name. It is very important to know why Maku is Maku and speak about That is so special. I'm so grateful for you for sharing that with me because I didn't know that. Um, yeah. So that's, that's really, really incredible. And that's something that I think is so important. And I'm going to be very honest here. And sometimes honesty um, doesn't feel good. But the honest yeah. truth from what I've experienced through ceremonies, through my travels, is the division between, how do I want to say this? Between people that are not of indigenous culture coming in and, and infiltrating the medicine space and taking the medicine either without permission, serving it, charging hundreds of thousands of dollars for it, um, capitalizing off of it. There we go. It's They're capitalizing. I see people, a lot of people capitalizing off of cultural appropriation and I went in Colombia. No, no, no. And just throughout, you know, throughout my, most of my experience comes from what I witnessed in Costa Rica, not in oh, Colombia, okay. not in Colombia at all. Um, what I love about Colombia is the mix of communities and how mm -hmm. people that are not from here are wanting to support the locals and vice versa. Um, in Costa Rica, it was very different. And I, haven't told you this before, but I actually experienced quite a bit of trauma in medicine spaces because it wasn't from the tribes. It wasn't held with the healthy resonance or a, or a positive intention. And I also know people that experienced some really severe trauma in Costa Rica because of the facilitators and the holders. And the reason I say all of this is, you know, it's, it's one of my intentions with like being, having the, the gift of using your space and knowing that you're intentional and you're connected to your roots and you're connected to the indigenous tribes. That's so essential that we highlight their existence. And because all of these modalities, I feel like come from them. They are the original people of the land, similar to native Americans in America. And we deserve, they deserve at, for the, at the very least, the honor and the recognition that you are giving them and that I want to continue to give them because the wisdom comes from them. And yeah. I am holding this retreat for women who have found it very difficult to find safe spaces with facilitators that have pure intentions you know, yeah. and, and facilitators that aren't trying to take from the culture in which they are using, if that makes sense. And totally. so that's why I'm, I'm creating these spaces because I want to make sure that there is that level of honoring and recognition. And I want to make sure that people that have experienced trauma in what they thought were perceived spaces 
don't run away from spirituality and don't run away from another experience like this because of the past, but they run towards it with people that have an open heart and an awareness of not taking, but giving. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, I understand. And actually, I always have this back and forth feelings, especially with um, shamans or people that are working with me here in United States, you know. Uh, Mm -hmm. I feel that I had actually a bad experience uh, here in United States. And I I started to think, okay, what it is, you know? The, The plant comes from the Amazon in South America. And it has to travel, well, we're talking about ayahuasca, mm-hmm. or yahe, and it has to travel illegally to United States. Only in that moment, the energy of the plant changed because it's not coming as it's supposed to come, innocent and beautiful to you, right? It's coming from a place that, so I feel that um, a lot of people, yeah, try to heal other people, with, but if we think about the chamans or the tactas, they've been doing this since they're nine years old or even younger. They start working with the medicine so they understand the medicine. And it, it is really hard to find um, good um, intentional people in when it comes to money, right? Because it just it is the first main factor to make money. Mm-hmm. But I feel that there is other medicines like cacao medicine, um, mushroom medicine. There's so many medicines that are coming into our lives in this generation that I feel that no matter what, even with cacao, uh, I have a very good friend of mine from Colombia, Sara, and she does incredible cacao ceremonies. They're very healing, working with breath work. And mm-hmm. you feel like you're actually opening your heart and working with the medicine. Any medicine, even if it's not psychedelic um, or any, I, I feel it's amazing, you know, but it has to be guided by the right people with the right intentions. And um, recently when I was in Tulum, I did for the first time Temescal, and I felt that it actually changed my life in such a positive way. Mm-hmm. And it was done by people that really believe in the power of healing. And it was my, it was contribution base it wasn't like you have to pay a hundred dollars or whatever and in the moment that that happened it really opened up my mind about what healing is and how this really works and Mm -hmm. how I need to change many things to make this um, easier for people that can afford it right or even with yoga practice because yoga is a medicine and meditation is a medicine Mm -hmm. too that we don't take it as plant but it's medicine for the soul for the body and uh thinking in this principle that doesn't have to be always money they can always be given or find the ways how to make it work yeah. because uh, when it comes to business it just ruins the whole energy of healing i think yeah you you're know? right it's that's definitely the underlying factor of what i experienced in my first ever ceremony which was last year which was peyote in costa rica yeah. Um, was that it was purely for, for money, you know, and, and that energy infiltrates the space. Right. And there was no, it was my first ever ceremony. There were 80, 90 people there. And I was just so overwhelmed and so lost. And I was getting yelled at because I wasn't like, I wasn't sitting up straight or I went around the fire incorrectly. And it just, in that moment, I realized 
you know, and also after, after processing, I realized there was, there were no indigenous people there. There were no people that the peyote, the medicine came from. There were, there was nobody there. It was all people from other countries. There weren't even local Costa Ricans. And so as you're saying that, I realized that's definitely a big part of it is the ego, the soul finds something and it lights us up. And then we're like, we need to share this, right? And then the ego comes in and it's like, how can I benefit? How can I benefit? And for us as humans, especially in Western society, money is like the focal point of everything, of everything. And so to have that consciousness or that conscious awareness of the fact that that is a part of the belief system, but constantly bringing yourself back to why did I do this? Why am I providing this for people? Why am I showing people that they can heal, that they can expand, that they can, you know, become a a happier version of themselves and therefore spread that gift to others on this planet? Why did I do that? Why? Because I myself have been in the darkest of dark places, right? And I had to heal myself. And if I could heal from where I used to be to where I'm at now, then I'm know that these tools that I offer will help others. That's why we do it is to help is to give is to, sh- is to show people that there can be a better version of you. Totally. And, and with that being said, I, mean, I believe that you, you just need to find a balance. And this is something that I'm learning with Maku and my own life. It's uh, money's energy. So it's not that money is a bad thing or wanting to make money, but you have to make it in the most honest way, being truthful. And this is something that I really try to, and I want to improve as I get older, how to improve my relationship with money and my cool. Because usually, you know, people would say, oh, but it's her place or thing, but you don't, you don't know. I may have to pay bills. I may have things to take care. So I have to, you know, people would say, oh, if it's such a healing practice and so spiritual, why are you charging money, right? So it has to be a balance between energy and the money energy and the energy of healing because they both connect. They have to, the, the place in Tulum say, give what you can. They still ask for it because they need it to continue doing these practices for other people so more people can benefit and they can learn. So I always find it very uh, funny how places, there was a place in Costa Rica where a friend of mine, dear friend of mine, paid $10,000 for ayahuasca retreat. And she really had not the best experience. She kind of got, she, she left this place traumatized and feeling like, why did I just do that? Like, uh, it wasn't even the money, but it's the side effects of doing something that you thought it was going to help you to heal and be better. And now you're left even worse than before, more confused and with more, even more questions about humanity. Like you put in yourself, you open yourself into this realm of energy, healing energy. And there is these people, they're not caring about the importance of your healing. They're just caring about how much you're paying and make your money and go and nets. So yeah, it, it is um, it's something that it's happening a lot more than before and it's sad, but I think that once you find your right um, 
healers, you write titans, you write shamans, whatever you want to name it, it, that's the people you stick to it because even if you have to contribute them with the energy and money, they're doing the, the best they can to help you out or to guide you into a better path in life through your healing and practices, etc. So I'm so grateful for you sharing that with me because I know a few other women that had a similar experience in Costa Rica and Costa Rica has a lot to offer. I believe I was shown this dark side of spirituality, so to speak, to to get out of the, oh, everybody that's spiritual is an amazing human being with, you know, right? I was very naive when it came to spirituality. And I was like, oh, if if they're spiritual, they have a pure heart. They have pure intentions. And I was shown the opposite of that as well. And, um, you know, I... But the way have to see it you know even if we're spiritual beings we still have a human experience we won't as 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 you know and this is something that i speak often and actually i got very inspired if it's gonna sound weird by um, michelle obama i watched this interview with oprah and she made it sound so it's okay to be real it's okay to have dark moments it's okay to fight it's okay okay you know because uh, everyone that it comes into or if you're a yogi, they assume that you are in certain way. I'm like, no, you know, uh, I I feel like it's it's very important to embrace who we are and embrace the path and actually speak about it. You know, they um, and you were innocent at the time, and nobody really guided you into it, and nobody really took you in, into their arms and say, hey, come here. I think this is a good place for you to start your healing and your path. In, in, in. But you, you find it anyway, because mm-hmm. you were to have this bad experience to create exactly. good Yeah, You understand better than anyone. So I think everything happens for a reason. Absolutely. I gained, I gained so much clarity. The rose-tinted glasses came off, right? And I, and I realized and so much passion from that pain came and again wanting to provide safe spaces is what was birthed from those experiences so yeah what I do want to talk to you about what'd you say (laughs) thank you Costa Rica thank you thank you Costa Rica and you it still has a very special place in my heart thank you experiences um, for the wisdom that I gained definitely Uh, what I want to ask you is I would love to hear more about how plant medicine has been interwoven into your journey and interwoven into this project for you. Yeah. So for my first retreat, um, two, three years ago, when we have a group of people coming from New York and Los Angeles, I was like, I will never engage a medicine retreat. And I remember, um, my, um, very good friends that loves uh, the plant medicine. She's like, but you can use Maku for as a as a vessel or yeah. as a vehicle to do plant medicine. I was like, no, I feel like uh, Maku is in a village. There is a lot of noise. There is, you know, not a lot of noise, but I I, I always pictured that when you do plant medicine, you should be really really nature 
that the, what speaks to you are the birds, the insects, everything, but no humans, right? Just the kiaros, the chanting of the chaman, but not nothing that distracts you. So I was like, uh, it's in a village, so I don't have, I don't feel that that's the right thing to do for people. And so I, I know this place that is about 40 minutes from Maku, where we do, oh, oh my phone is going to die, uh, where we do, uh, we prepare everyone for plant medicine. And then uh, we go to this place, merge really deep in nature and do the medicine. So, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> sorry, I forgot the question. Okay, so my question for you was, um, how has plant medicine, you know, the different types or specific variations for you been interwoven in your journey and also a process of the creation of Maku? Um, okay. So uh, it is, it's been a, a long journey with plant medicine. Uh, I, I, feel that it is within me since I was a child because my dad, you know, in Putumayo, that's where the medicine actually comes mm -hmm. from, from Putumayo, from the Amazon. So I was involved with the medicine uh, for a very long time since, a child, since I was a child, but it was until I grew up where I got to experiment more and more, trying to find uh, ways to let go of unwanted feelings or uh, let go of trauma and let go of my ego sometimes. I was like trying to always expand my mind and see how medicines and how uh, the power of Mother Earth had in me. Because even walking with no shoes for me is medicine. Like mm -hmm. I feel the medicine of Mother Earth and uh, hugging a tree or being around flowers or plants. You know, yeah. So I feel like there's so many modal modalities of healing with uh, plant medicine. It doesn't have to be necessarily peyote or ayahuasca. So there's so many ways to find uh, plant medicine, even in a, when you drink a tea that makes you feel relaxed. Uh, so I feel that thinking and taking this more serious in my life, it's helping me to expand my consciousness mm -hmm. and to really understand myself, really understand who I am or why, why certain things happened to me in the past to build who I am now mm -hmm. or to study myself in a very uh, deep way. Because at, uh, when I first moved to New York, I had a very shallow life you know i i come I, I came to the biggest most amazing fascinating city in the world i'm young i'm going out i'm partying and drinking and completely crazy all over the place gemini I, I, <laughs> I lived that life for for quite a while and it was but it was never fulfilling i felt like uh, sad i felt a lot of sadness, even though I was, I had my freedom, I was working, I was making money, I was meeting people all the time. A lot of things were given to me for free just because I was a girl and I was younger. So mm -hmm. it was not that I was not grateful, but I was just like, I don't feel. And once I started experimenting again, going back to my roots and plant medicine, 
I started to see the the real me, the real Andrea, and what are the things that really make me happy. You know, I you you meet a lot of people in New York with tons of money, but that doesn't mean happiness. And I was just like, this is not what it makes me happy. That being on this place doesn't make me happy. And but being in nature, in a mountain, camping on the floor, it made me extremely happy. So uh, I feel like plant medicine has really, really made a big impact in my life. And it has helped me to grow and evolve and understand the power of Mother Earth. And every medicine that comes from her is to help you to understand something about your life and Mm -hmm. to also take you into journeys, uh, mind journeys and spiritual journeys body journeys and and it's beautiful i'm so grateful for plant medicine and i'm so grateful that it, it is present in my life even cacao yeah uh, cacao is one of my favorites and i'm really really excited to have you host a ceremony at the retreat yeah. i want yeah. it's again it comes back to that you know it's not my culture i i don't want to, I don't know enough about the medicine. I'm not the facilitator. I'm so grateful that you have all of this knowledge with cacao specifically because cacao in combination with ecstatic dance or in combination with some type of movement and release ceremony has also been one of the most powerful healers in my life. I feel like it cracks your heart open. There's no, like there's no disconnection from love when you are are connecting with that medicine. And I'm just totally. so excited for you to facilitate a ceremony Thank at you. the retreat. Yeah. yeah. I really like cacao. It's been one of those uh, plants that fascinates me. And I, I I go to sometimes when I can I go to see my friend Sarah that leads beautiful ceremonies. And every time I'm crying, I'm thinking mm-hmm. about my ancestors. I'm trying to make friends with feelings that I have forgotten. And I'm like, wow, just cacao opened my heart and something else came out. Mm-hmm. And it is just the plant. It's so beautiful. You know, our indigenous back in the days used it to pay for things. So it was almost like money, yeah. you know, cacao was money. And uh but they they really knew the power of this plant in people's hearts and and I at Maku I planted maybe thirty plants and my hope is that eventually I'm gonna have a lot of cacao where I can <sighs> actually have the person come take the fruit take the fruit out of the uh, how do you say the um, the, the skin yeah the shell and 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 have them to see it and experience it more from just the fruit until it gets to the entire process of become powder cacao or chocolate. But uh, it is a fascinating plant, and I'm very grateful for that plant. So I'm, I'm happy you feel the same connection. Mm-hmm. And I feel that people that never had it before, they're like, oh, my God, they're lunatics. They're like, it's, it's hot chocolate. chocolate. What are you talking about? But you, when you really taste the medicine and and the beautiful thing about all of this is that people are coming to the source. When they come oh, out yeah. here, they're coming to the source of all of these medicines. They're coming to the source of the retreat of this magic. And it was on my bucket list to mm-hmm. see an actual pod. Most people think of chocolate and they just think of chocolate squares. No, it's actually yeah. a, it's a tropical fruit. It's a fruit found in the jungle. Yeah. And 
that fruit, you open it. It's a, has a very hard shell. You open it. It's like a white fruit. I was able to taste it on this trip. I was able to learn about it and see the actual cacao pod because we don't, I don't believe we have them anywhere in the United States. And so that was so special. That's true. I never thought about it. You guys don't have cacao. No, we just have chocolate. We just have fat, <laughs> sugary chocolate. The so fat, the, the processed chocolate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, cacao is so incredible. So uh, back in the days, maybe three years ago, I got very deep into the process of uh, producing chocolate. I really have this idea that I wanted to make my own chocolate. I still have it. Maybe when I'm older, I have more time and, um, um, yeah, and time, time and and dedication to just create beautiful uh, chocolate or cacao because I feel like even if you when you have really nice dark chocolate and you just have a small piece and you eat it it makes a difference it's like having a coffee but it makes you also happy and mm-hmm. playful and reminds you being a kid and eating chocolate you know but it's it's very natural. For instance, the the cacao when you do ceremonies, you don't put sugar in it. You put other plants that align with the cacao, so they become friends and they dance together into the cacao uh, juice or um, uh, how do you say drink. Mm-hmm. So I feel that uh, it's a beautiful plant to be explored more and more and to be able to expand the heart and, and feel things. Mm. You don't necessarily have to do psychedelics to feel things. Exactly. That's it. And it's that's where that. the also, breath work and the yoga is going to come in yeah. as well, is, is showing people. Number one, it's not about chasing the high, but it's about it's about getting yourself out of here, getting yourself yeah. out of the constant routines and cycles and thought processes of fear of not feeling like you're enough of feeling like you're disconnected ultimately all of these processes all of these medicines they get you into your body and into your heart as well and that's where the healing can yeah. open up for you so yeah and that's where again sounds so cliche and probably annoying but that's where magic happens because it's something that you really really expect to happen and it comes and it comes to your heart and then it moves to your subconscious mind and it then comes out in tears or in a smile. So it has so much power to it that you cannot underestimate all these emotions with just a fruit, right. you know? People get these emotions if they drink cacao or do psychedelic medicines, whatever, but this is just cacao. It opens up your heart and uh, increase your levels of happiness and 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 well-being so and i do find that it really brings you presence which is again the medicine that i'm the intention that i'm really trying to weave into the retreat is presence i'm sure you you experience it being in new york right out of all places how difficult it is in in our society out there in the states to find presence oh my god yeah it is really hard yeah. It is really hard also to be in places like Colombia, for instance. You're there now, and if you come to a place like New York or, I don't know, Miami or California, the the, the vibration of sound, everything is so loud. People are walking like, 
nobody really cares about engaging unless you really go to a group of people that love to engage with your eyes and try to understand your energy more than your physical form, but more how they feel around you and how you feel around them. It is really hard. New York is a, is a tough place for, uh, it's beautiful, but it's tough to live in here. You know, it's a lot of noise, a lot. Like you go out, it's the sirens from the police, sirens from the uh, ambulance. This. It's just a lot of noise, a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's not like the birds singing beautiful songs for the sunset or sunrise. Mm -hmm. It just turns your life experience, you know. It makes you also move with that type of energy, very aggressive, very moving forward, nonstop, and just like like this, mm -hmm. you know. So, but the balance is beautiful. I mean, there's a magic to New York as well, mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of art and a lot of very talented people in music and, and that's what is also what gets me here because you get so much inspiration and uh, I think that it's important to find the balance in a place that makes you feel that your artistic side's strong but also finding a place that makes your spiritual side also strong mm. so you don't struggle with just being too spiritual forgetting about your talents or if you like art per se, or you like, um, I don't know, New York has almost everything, you know, if you want to be the best lawyer, the best dentist. It, it, so finding that balance is it's really, it's been the key for me because uh, if I stay too long in Colombia, it's really beautiful, but it also makes me forget about my passion for mm. art, my passion for music, even though there are great musicians there and everything, but I don't feel that it's... Um, and span the, the, I don't feel that there is a lot of people that can give me some kind of, um, how do you say, input or make me feel uh, better, yeah. make me better, you know? So, yeah. yeah, well, I have a question for you because this is going to be in, integral for the people that come out to Maku because I know the difficulty in the contrast, just like what we're talking about, the contrast in, you know, I was in Costa Rica for six months, and then I went to Utah, out of all places, for three months. So oh I went my from God. My, you went to Mormon land. <laughs> yeah, my dad, my my parent, my family isn't Mormon, but my dad got his dream house there, and they're huge skiers, and so all they really do is like work and ski, and so it was my little pit stop for the holidays. But the the contrast of like being in the jungle and so connected to the elements, and like all of these you know, just amazing beings that I met heart centered, heart open to the complete opposite, right? Like there couldn't have been a bigger 180 from there to the winter in Utah. <laughs> and so what I want, the question, the reason why I say all this and the question that I have is what would you say to people for the integration process after right they're coming to the retreat they're experiencing all of the medicine and all of the liveliness and vibrancy that their hearts have been you know and their, the connection that their hearts have been craving for for lifetimes and they finally mm -hmm. experience that and then they have to inevitably go back to their lives wherever they are in the world and how do you find that balance of the integration and maintain your center and what advice would you offer for people that are going to be doing the same. Wow. It is 
a crazy question because only a few hours ago I was just talking to my boyfriend about how the importance of keeping in mind the lessons of the place or the lessons of the plant. Mm-hmm. We as a humans, we, we got the lesson. Oh my God, I, th- this experience happened to me, changed my life. One year passed by and you forgot the lesson and you go back to your old patterns. So I feel that what is really important is to keep from every, almost every day, like training your mind to remember the experience that changed your life. So mm-hmm. on doing that, on, on reminding yourself what happened to you in that moment when you did peyote and it was a highlight that it was very important that shifted your subconscious mind or who you are, keep that in mind all the time. So that way you always stay in balance with the feeling of healing because if we don't do it, like I told my my boyfriend just a few hours ago, I was like, how important is to do this? Like, how important is to remember our intention before getting into a healing process? Either it's plant, either it's yoga, meditation. How important is to remind ourselves of those key moments that we can continue having for the rest of our life without doing the plant again? Because mm-hmm. what happens is many people, oh, I have this enlightening experience. It was amazing. And a year goes by and again, they feel like, eh, and they go and do it again. And it's always searching more and more and more, not content with the key that was given to you to open the door and really hold it tight in your heart, knowing that it was given to you for a reason. And you should never forget the lesson of the moment. Always keep it present. Mm. Always. And to me, it's been a very important exercise that I've been doing since Tulum. The, the intention that I went into Temescal was so strong that it really shifted something in me. And I tried to think about this every single day. At least when I woke up, I was like, this happened to me. That This was the message. This is how it's making me feel. I want to embrace that feeling. Mm-hmm. I never want to let go. I never want to let go of the teachings of the plant because I don't want to have to do it again and put my body into all that stress because it's a lot of work, you know. I, you don't have to do it many times. If you got a good, good message from one experience and you keep these reminders every day of the message, you don't need to do more. You need to just keep working on that healing process. Mm-hmm. Need answering the questions of the mind, keeping the lessons from the heart and just get going, you know? I feel like a lot of people get caught up in doing plant medicine over and over again, trying to find more answers, trying to find more healing when probably the plant already gave the healing, probably the first time they did it. And it's unnecessary to keep doing and working with the chemicals of your brain or putting your body into so much stress because the body goes through a process and and you have to respect that and honor that. And, um, but it's almost like we as humans, we just want to forget the good lessons and keep doing stupid things, more, you know, more, or keep more, more. sabotaging ourselves into pain. And, and so I, I've been doing that and I feel that it's working for me. It really is taking me to a, a place where I feel that I think I kind of got I'm getting it, you know, and yeah. getting that I don't have to do so many times of something that has already given me a lesson. Of course, cacao is different, but I'm talking about plants like peyote, uh, 
ayahuasca, uh, mushroom medicine, stuff that it just uh, has a role with your chemicals in the brain, you know, you just want to make sure that uh, you're being cautious about those things because mm -hmm. maybe a little too much of something can get you into a place that you don't want to be stuck yeah. for a while. You know? I'm so grateful for you sharing that perspective because it's something that I definitely believe, definitely believe. And I, I try to express as well that it's not about the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. It's about the lessons that you've gained and it's about how you've changed in accordance to those lessons. And I really love that practice. I want to make sure the the listeners like to repeat it back. Think about the most pivotal moments in your life when you've done the medicine or even just a therapy session or whatever. It could just be a, a massive revelation that your subconscious mm -hmm. needed you to have. Go back to those lessons, write them down and remind yourself of them because this, these medicines and even retreats and even, you know, it's not about doing it so many times as a form of escape. I see a lot of it as a form of escapism for people trying to escape their reality. It's about taking everything that you've gained and bringing it back to your reality and influencing yourself to change for the better in your reality and also just vibrationally influencing others with those lessons. So thank you because I see, you know, I see the opposite. I see the opposite of people in the same space as us saying, go do, you know, they've been doing plant medicine ceremonies since they were 18 and they're like 40, you know, and it's, it, it makes you pause and, and say, you know, do you need to continue or do you need to integrate? what you've gained. Yeah. And there's a balance that I feel like the underlying uh, message, this whole episode has been about come back to balance, come back to balance. So I don't want to hold you for too long. I have a few more questions for you. Yeah. Number one, what is something happening in your life that you're creating or just a project that you're working on within your, within yourself and your inner world that you'd like to share and highlight in this episode? Um, well, uh, at the moment, so I am very happy to be teaching yoga to my co-workers. Uh, as I mentioned, I work in art and printing in New York City. And uh, I always had this dream to teach yoga to my boss because he's a big mentor in my life and someone that I respect almost like I as my father. And I... This is a project, I believe, because now I'm teaching these people that are seniors or people that have been sitting on the, their desk for 20 years and they haven't moved their bodies. Wow. And I'm here uh, practicing everything that Dharma Yoga taught me. And it's changing my life in such a beautiful way, such a beautiful project to be able to share your knowledge to other people where I was so against to teach yoga because I was like, Oh, I did yoga just for my own healing. It was quarantine. And, and I, I was like, I never liked it. And also I have an accent. So sometimes I mix my words and I was like, <laughs> I didn't feel confident enough to do it. But what I'm finding to, you know, when you teach seniors or people that are new in yoga, they have no ego. So I'm not there teaching the person that can do a headstand and show off. 
Mm -hmm. I'm teaching people that having issues walking and moving their knees or uh, that live maybe a very lonely life. And I'm being able to put my hands on them and practice mm-hmm. what I learned in Reiki and understand their energy to their bodies and allow my energy going into them. And I started with a few students and now they want me in the other location. And I, I just, it makes me really happy. And it doesn't come about the money because I almost wanted to be an offering yeah. as my Dharma practice, but they're like, they just love me so much and they're like they think I'm the best teacher ever and I'm like you are it's only dharma uh gentle and dharma one so this is very easy it's almost just a stretching but it's really a beautiful project that I have happening right now in my life and also music um my boyfriend is a musician and we both uh, having this beautiful journey to play music. Uh, it's something that I always wanted to do, to learn an instrument fully on. Like I, I, I studied piano 10 years ago. It was not my instrument. I just like, <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Uh, guitar, no. I, I, someone gift me last year for my birthday, um, guitar bass. So I'm being in and out, but uh, playing music, electronic music really resonates with who I am. Mm-hmm. I love techno and I love how it makes me go my energy to higher uh, levels of euphoria. And yeah. I love that feeling. So yeah, I think for now, these two projects, uh, which is teaching yoga to um people with disabilities, older and new at yoga and playing music for mm-hmm. people in places and allowing myself to be creative in that flow mm-hmm. of uh, sound and and how make other people feel with sound. So yeah. I so can't far. wait to pick your brain more. Um, because I you're you're DJing. It's been a dream of mine since I was I don't even know how old to be a DJ. I've played the guitar, the ukulele, I've always sang, but every time I try to get into, you know, I, I make playlists, I love music, but every time I try to get into like really doing it, I, something holds me back. So would love yeah. to pick your brain more. And I'm just so grateful for you being an expander of, you know, an expander of what you've created and helping me to believe that it's possible as well. Um, my Ooh. two more questions for you. One of them, one of them, I always put my guests on the spot. So just be prepared. Oh my God. Really? Yeah. No, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Number one. in Spanish now. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> we can do it in so Spanish. Nobody knows the answer. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, well, number one, what would you say to, you know, we're radiating this message and this energy out, out to the collective that we're calling in for your space for the retreat that I'm creating with you in your space and for your future retreats, what was, what would be something that you would say to people that are wanting to, but are a little hesitant? Like what would you offer? Okay. I, I really always love this phrase that go against the grain, meaning don't do what it felt like go against something that it feels like, oh my God, I'm scared. Go against that fear and embrace the mystery. Mm-hmm. I believe that embracing the mystery can really take us into the most amazing situations, people, and places. Uh, I feel that uh, part of 
us as human beings is to be curious about the unknown and embrace it with all the power that the unknown has. You know, I always mm. feel that um, people usually get scared of darkness or dying. And I always feel like I always embrace those. Mo- I don't think about it all the time, but I do want to embrace the, my last days alive. Yeah. I want to embrace that mystery that it comes with the unknown. So I think uh, that would be my... I think embrace the mystery and go against the grain. Lean into the fear. The fear is not a foe. The fear is a friend. It's actually your ally and it's showing you your limitations. And you'll realize as you continue to, like you said, go against the grain, the fear is merely an illusion. And on the other side of it is the unknown where nothing but pure magic exists. So thank you for that. Last Uh, question for you before we plug all your handles. Um, (laughs) if you could say something to everybody, every single person on this planet and you will be heard at once. Oh my God. Like, and and that, that seed would plant for every living human and it would change the collective. What would it be? Take a few minutes, take a few breaths. It can be simple. It can be a phrase, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be just one word. Mm-hmm. I would say that all of us, all, all of us in the entire planet, the whole entire world, all humans have been broken once, at least once. There is no one human that had, had it all together, all perfect. There is no human that never had trauma or something that happened to them that it wasn't painful. So I would say that if you have a chance, dive into the pain and filled up with light from that pain. Like you are not the only one. If you look at the eyes of your neighbor or someone next to you or your lover or your mom, dad, you will understand that we all have been broken. So it's okay to be broken. It's okay to speak about it. It's okay to feel vulnerable and don't feel shame because being vulnerable makes us feel ashamed. And I think it's embrace being vulnerable. And, and, and that will give you the strength to keep going on in life because you know you're not the only one that suffer. You're not the only one that... Um, had an accident you're not the only one that had a broken heart or had no money or we all have something so embrace those moments and get going in life and and learning from everyone around you you know humanity is a beautiful thing like when you when we look into other humans like getting to speak to you you get a I, i get a sense of who you are and you get a sense of who i am and i know you have probably passed for a lot of dark and sad moments but so do I. And we meet in the middle and we say, okay, cool. What are we doing to get better? So embrace being vulnerable and um, keep going. Mm. So beautiful. We are the medicine. Our vulnerability is the medicine and connection is the medicine. So thank yeah. you so much oh. for being here, Andrea. This was just 
It felt <laughs> so good talking to you and hearing your story and your wisdom and your vision. I'm so grateful to know you and to continue to get to know you. Um, go ahead and share. Likewise. Thank yeah. you so much. Go ahead and Thank share you. with the, the listeners where to find you, how to um, yeah, connect with yeah, you. Yeah, so they can go to Instagram, Maku underscore project. And also my personal Instagram is dragonfly underscore of Maku. I think it's dragonfly of underscore Maku. <laughs> Just made it so long. Uh, but yeah. I have a thing with dragonflies, so uh, mine's butterfly. So butterflies and dragonflies, so everything that flies is beautiful. So yeah, and um, I'm I'm very grateful for this conversation. Thank you so much for creating a space and taking your time to get to know people better, to expand your message, and to continue on your. Uh, purpose in life and thanks for loving Colombia the way you do it's mm. really beautiful and I'm sure Colombia is really happy to have you there and uh, hopefully keeps bringing you more uh, insights of what you can build for your own life and spirit mm. and uh, it's always a home for you so thank, thank you, you for being Thank you so much. Thank you to all of the listeners. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please like, share, subscribe, send a rating in to the platforms. It really, really means so much building this community for you guys. And we'll see you next week.